0: Text SHOW to 33777.
1: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One.
0: We'll see how my voice holds up. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across America. The phone number, 877 973 7425 It is an open line Friday today. Maybe that'll help ease ease up the flow a little bit. Uh, So the sinus infection, it it got the better of me on Wednesday. Every commercial break, I was just hacking up a lung, and and it just wiped out my voice. I rested yesterday. It'll fade on me today during commercial break. I'm sure I'll be coughing. but uh, the, the doctor says sinus infection, just allergies. The, everything's blooming early. We've got the It's beautiful outside. I want to go play golf. I don't know that I'll be up for it, but it's gorgeous uh, where I am. Uh, anyway, open line Friday, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. I have to begin again today. I, I did not expect to spend this much this week on the topic of Christian nationalism. Uh, but I've got to because this clip has gone viral from a conversation on MSNBC last night. Uh, as you will recall, earlier this week I mentioned it. The Politico ran a story on the Christian nationalist takeover of the Trump team, and and one of the things they said is is, is in on an audacious, audacious statement from a manifesto from my friend Russ Vote and his uh, think tank is that uh, they believe that our freedoms come from God. That was a sign of Christian nationalism. And it's absurd, and yet the political reporters, um, and and I forget her last name, her first name's Heidi, and I'm going to abuse her last name. Um, It it is not an easy last name to figure out. Uh, She, well, well, She's doubling down on this now. I I, I got to play for you this clip. The, this is this is the reporter from MSNBC on, or a reporter from Political on MSNBC.
2: The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that re- not, unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God.
0: Really? The The thing that separates Christian nationalists, her words, the things that separate Christian nationalists from Christians is that these Christian nationalists believe that all Americans, all, all humans, that everyone that their rights come from God. That's that that is that that's her statement um and the reporter is uh her name is Heidi is it uh Presbyla oh. some such and you know I thought this clip went viral you know, I don't on this program like to play the, the, the little tiny snippets because I don't want to take people out of context because oftentimes on the left and the right, they take people out of context. They'll take a little bitty snippet and they'll drag it out of context and make a mountain out of a molehill. So I'm like, surely this is out of context. Surely, surely she actually didn't mean what she said. So I pulled the large clip. It's actually worse.
2: Did, right. Remember when Trump ran in 2016, a lot of the mainline evangelicals wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with the divorced, uh, you know, real estate mogul who right. had cheated on his wife. And
0: OK, hang on one second here. H- hang on one second here. Th- this is very important here. Um, Mainline evangelical, mainline evangelical is actually uh e- liberals, mainline evangelicalism, mainline Christianity are the Protestant denominations that are the liberal denominations, Presbyterian Church USA, uh United Methodist Church, United Church of Christ, the Episcopalian Church, uh, the um the 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 Lutheran evangelical Lutherans, those are the liberal denominations they're the mainline Christian denominations and those are actually the liberal ones and she a reporter covering politics should know this
2: porn star and all of that right so what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist element extremist your words like Christian nationalism like the new apostolic reformation these are groups that you should get very uh, very schooled on because-
0: now and I'm gonna start let me just say here as well uh, the new Apostolic Reformation is actually a group of heretics. Uh, they come out of the charismatics uh, and Pentecostalism. They actually aren't really identifiably Christian per se though they claim to be they're actually fairly heretical. Uh, so she does she raised a legitimate red flag there on on this uh, reformed apostolic movement. It, it is one red flag, but really about the only.
2: They have a lot of power in Trump's circle. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God.
0: Really? Now, she goes on from there. She goes on from there.
2: The problem with that is that they are determining, man, men, yeah. mm-hmm. it is yeah. men, yeah. Yeah. are determining what God is telling them.
0: Okay. And then she goes on to say that um, they also hide behind natural law, which um, Martin Luther. And you know what? Actually, I should I should play the rest of this so so you hear it
2: past that so-called natural law is you know it's a pillar of catholicism catholicism for instance it's been used for good in social justice campaigns right. martin luther king evoked it in talking about civil rights but now you have an extremist element of conservative christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion gay marriage and it's going much further than that for instance with the ruling in alabama right. this week that judge is connected to that dominionist uh okay. faction
0: you know martin luther king jr was called an extremist uh, extremist i guess we're supposed to pronounce it uh for his views of natural law. No, 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 this is his words. You spoke of our activity in Birmingham as extreme. At first, I was rather disappointed that fellow clergymen would see my nonviolent efforts as those of an extremist. I started thinking about the fact that I stand in the middle of two opposing forces. Uh, One is a force of complacency. Uh, And uh, then he goes on to say uh, that that this is not extreme and that he's uh, relying on Christianity. This movement is nourished by the contemporary frustrations over which the continued existence of of radical discrimination is made up of people who have lost faith in America, who have absolutely repudiated Christianity, and who have concluded that white men is an incurable devil. I have tried to stand between these forces, saying that we need to not follow the do-nothingism of the complacent or the hatred and despair of the black nationalists. There is a more excellent way of love and nonviolent protest. I'm grateful to God. And then he goes on to defend natural law. Was not Paul an extremist for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Was not Amos an extremist for justice? Was not Jesus an extremist in love? Was not Martin Luther an extremist? Here I stand, I can do no other, so help me by God. Was not John Bunyan an extremist? I will stay in jail to the end of my days before I make a mockery of my conscience. Was not Abraham Lincoln an extremist? This nation cannot survive half slave and half free. Was not Thomas Jefferson an extremist? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That's the words of Martin Luther King Jr., who she defends, but at the time by citing natural law, was called an extremist. Does she not know her history? And also, the Declaration of Independence of the United States. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Here comes some men, led by Thomas Jefferson, telling you what God says are our rights. This is absurd, and it's, it's ignorance. It's absurd ignorance. Now, she's doubled down on this. This reporter, Heisby Presbyla, I I think is how you pronounce her name. She's doubled down on this on social media, and she just actually makes it worse. She says, while there are different wings of Christian nationalism, you are bound by their belief that our rights come from God. There is literally not on planet Earth an Orthodox Christian tradition that says otherwise. Every Christian denomination and branch of Christendom, the Greek Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, the the Western Catholics, the Eastern Catholics, the Roman Catholics, the Southern Baptists, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, all of them agree our rights come from God. It's one of the things that have Christian denominations and branches of Christendom have in common the resurrection, the virgin birth, and all our rights come from God. To lump this all in as Christian nationalism is to say that all of Christendom is Christian nationalism. And she goes on to say, if you're a Hindu, Jewish, etc., this might help you understand the next part of my point, which is that they are using this for a man-made policy agenda. Every Christian has used their faith to shape their policy agenda. There, there's never been a Christian elected who said, you know what? I, 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 separation of church and state, I can no longer use my values. Authentic Christians wish to advance uh, Christendom uh, and uh, through government. And by the way, you should be thankful for them. Think of the things you got from Christendom. You know who are big Christian advocates of sound public policy? The abolitionists. Yes. William Wilberforce was driven by his faith to try to abolish slavery it was a christian movement uh and now she wants to say well marriage yeah you know actually catholics and non-catholic christians for a long time have agreed that uh, natural law says marriages between a man and a woman you see it reflected in nature the the um male and females you don't really see a lot of same sex uh, animal couples you it's reflected in natural law god's design this is what paul writes about in romans 1 The fact that a reporter for a mainstream publication would go on MSNBC and say this is absurd one more time, just so you understand.
2: The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God.
0: Basic Christianity. You know where this comes from? She's a progressive who was at MSNBC and moved to Politico. Is It all comes from the French Revolution. The American Revolution was actually a very conservative revolution. The writers of the Declaration of Independence were pretty conservative guys. They thought they already had the rights and that King George was denied them the rights they already had from God, and so they had a revolution. Louis XIV in France uh, said, L'etat c'est moi, that is, I am the state, or the state, it's me, as a, as a more literal interpretation. You fast forward from Louis XIV to the French Revolution, and the French revolutionaries began to say, nous sommes l'état, uh, we are the state, we are the state. And and they began to believe that they provided the rights. Uh, it was not from the king, it was not from God. God had let them down, God was dead, therefore they provided rights. And, and so the progressive tradition is this idea that uh, the government gives you the rights. The government doesn't just secure the rights given to you by God, the government itself gives you the rights. It's a very progressive left-wing idea. It's a very conservative idea that our rights come from God, and government is set up to preserve and protect those rights. The role of the government is not an intermediary between the individual and God, but actually is a steward of God's law on earth to protect your rights that are already God-given, as the founders of the American Republic said. And by the way, we weren't dealing with deep, deep, like, like evangelical Christians. Thomas Jefferson literally redacted passages from the Bible and rejected the idea of the resurrection. He wasn't exactly a committed Christian. He was a deist. He believed in a God, wasn't exactly sure who that God was, redacted everything, all of Jesus' miracles, said they were mythology, and yet even he believed our rights came from God. The only people who don't are progressives in America today, and what's so wild here is that there actually is a concern to be had about this growing um Christian nationalist movement in some quarters of America, and yet the media doesn't even know how to deal with it because they're so hostile to people of faith and so ignorant about American history, they're actually the best weapon the Christian nationalists have. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The full number, 877-973-7425, an open line Friday here. Real quick, I need to, to speak to my Georgia audience because it's an issue they care passionately about. Uh, RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. I, nationally, you guys know 37 states have a Religious Freedom Restoration Act, including California, by the way. Uh, one of the few states, in fact, it's the only state in the South that does not have uh, the RIFRA law, federal RIFRA, on its books is the state of Georgia. Because back in the 90s, when it was passed, the Georgia Democrats said, well, we'll never need that here. There's no reason for us to do this. None of these things, the government will never impose itself on religious people in Georgia. Well, it's been happening, and it has made it to the floor of the state, the state Senate in Georgia. But the problem in Georgia is that it's always the state House that kills it. It's The state Senate always passes it. The state House always kills it. So a fight will be had, and the media will come out. Apoplectically hostile to it. You're going to see, it's going to become, if it makes it to the state house, it'll be the biggest fear scenario ever. Uh, Keep the pressure on your Republicans in the state legislature in Georgia to pass RIFRA. Also, because I was gone yesterday, my buddy Jared Yamamoto, uh, it was his birthday and I was not here to tell him happy birthday. So somebody tell Jared I told him happy birthday. Uh, When we come back, I will take your phone calls 877 973 7425. First, you know, the White House, I noticed this yesterday. Uh, This is Jared Bernstein, the White House Economic Advisor. Uh, Listen to this.
1: But when the president talks about how important it is for uh, manufacturers of food, processed and non processed, to pass along the kind of savings that they're seeing as inflation comes down to their customers, uh, he
0: really means it. This is very important. Their profit margins are still highly elevated. And, uh, you know, they're using a level of pricing power uh, that, you know, may have made
1: sense to them at one point. But at this point, since they themselves are realizing savings as costs come down, they need to start passing the those savings forward uh, to uh, consumers and the president will continue to call them out if we don't see it.
0: You know, this is like economic nonsense, right? Economic nonsense. They raise their prices in anticipation of of inflation and then they stop raising them. They don't keep raising them as inflation goes up. Uh, So they'll hold their prices for a while as their profit margin goes down over time. Economic illiteracy for the White House. But what do you expect? I'll explain this more with your phone calls. When we come back, one company that has been saving you a ton of money for 25 years is Stamps.com. They save me a lot on shipping costs. They can, for you as well, up to 89% off UPS and post office shipping rates. You don't even have to go to the stores. You don't have to stand in line. You can get them to come pick it up from your home or office, your packages. If you go to Stamps.com right now, you click on the microphone and you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, you get limited time offer where you get some free postage, you get a free digital scale, you have no contract to sign. You have no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time, and you get shipping immediately. All you do, stamps.com. Click the microphone. Put in my name, Eric. Now, here's the thing with stamps.com. Just so you know, you can get postage from them. You can get shipping supplies from them with your mobile device or your uh, or your computer. In a printer, you can print labels and get shipping. You can arrange pickup at your office. And again, you get up to 89% off UPS and post office rates, and you can sort by the fastest or the or the cheapest option for shipping. Save yourself some money. Go to Stamps.com, click the microphone, put in my name, Eric. Get the free digital scale, some postage, this great offer from Stamps.com. Welcome, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, it is an open line Friday. Now, importantly, this is actually rather important because we're selling them quicker than I expected. Um, We have tickets for the gathering in August, and they're on sale now. It'll be in Atlanta, Georgia, August 8th through the 11th uh, at the Grand Hyatt in Atlanta. We've got... People from all over the country coming. Uh, I looked uh, last night at registration. We're already at 20 states represented for people. A lot of talk radio. So those of you up in Connecticut, um, y'all be coming down. I, I saw several people from Connecticut coming. We've got uh, Greg Gianforte from Montana coming, the governor there. Uh, We've invited Ron DeSantis uh, to come back this year. He was there last year. Doug Ducey, former governor of Arizona, is coming. Uh, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, doesn't know it yet, but he's coming again. Uh, (laughs) um, Steve Daines, the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. We've invited uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, and others. If you want a ticket, you text ENGAGE, uh, the word ENGAGE, E-N-G-A-G-E, text the word ENGAGE to the number 33777, and I'll send you back the link so you can get the tickets. Now... To the phones we go. Bob, you're going to be the first caller today. Welcome. How are you?
1: Good afternoon, Eric. It's always nice to talk with you. I hope you recover soon. Thank you very much. Um, I was listening about our rights, and evidently this, this lady believes that others, someone else here on this planet gives us our rights. That makes them a dictator, like Biden is saying we, he doesn't think we have freedom of speech, we don't have Second Amendment rights, etc. Our forefathers came to this country seeking religious freedom and the rights to express themselves and to protect themselves as well as other rights that we've got. Um, and secondly, I think Trump isn't affected at all by people around him. He's got his own agenda and makes his own decisions, unlike Biden, who's being maneuvered by those around him.
0: Oh, definitely. Look, I mean, the the, the man can't shuffle his feet forward without maneuvering. And, and, you know, to your larger point, this reminds me, there's a great quote by Tim Keller, uh, the, the theologian, and he calls it, uh, the great says who? That either our rights come from God or they don't. And if you believe that our rights don't from God, don't come from God, well, then who do they come from? Um, the, the great Problem, says who? Yeah, um, yep. and, and so we 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 get into this point where, um, so who says who, who says we have this right? Uh, the the majority, okay. Well, the majority's changed now. Do we still have the right? As opposed to um, God Himself gives us these rights now. And again, this is one of the things. You should keep in mind, you, you may not be a believer. You you may not be a Christian. You, you may not know a Christian, but you should probably like the idea that these group of people who are highly influential in American society actually um, take seriously the idea that God himself Gives us our rights because otherwise you're you're in a world of hurt uh, when it comes time for who decides who gets the rights, uh, who decides who's in charge, who decides um, what the what what the rights of people actually are. It, it's such a, a great line from Keller. The great says, "Who uh, if if you decide that." that murder is okay and someone says well you can't murder uh who says i can't murder how how is it against anyone else's rights it's an infraction of my rights i want to go murder this some uh, person well god himself says don't take the life of another the majority could turn on a dime it's it's remarkable uh all right open line friday 8779737425 coy welcome to the show how are you
1: i'm good Thank you. I, I enjoy your show. I listen about it every day. I had a question. if I do a mail-in ballot and I vote for a vote for somebody and the night before the election day that person dies. what happens then is my vote just lost?
0: All right, uh, so you you cast a ballot for someone early. the candidate dies before election day. That's a good question. Yes. I happen to know the answer. Um, under I, the I laws. You
1: would, now, you answer
0: a lot well, Cole, let, let me just ask you this. So, so I, I see your area code. So are you in North Carolina?
1: I am. I'm in Morganton right now. I live All in All right.
0: Nashville. Nice. Oh, gosh, what a beautiful area. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to get sidetracked on how beautiful it is up there. So let me answer your question. Uh, in North Carolina, it operates very much like Georgia and most states where you vote for a candidate that candidate dies before election day that poli- their political party is allowed to pick a new person to stand in their place on the ballot and so your vote for the dead guy now goes to whoever the new person is uh who replaces them on the ballot
1: okay i appreciate that
0: yep absolutely That's that's the way it works uh now the the while now the flip side of this is you cast your ballot early and then you're dead before election day your vote doesn't get counted Uh, But if you vote for a dead guy, uh, and a a great example of this is Missouri. John Ashcroft was running for the U.S. Senate in 2000 against Mel Carnahan, the then governor of of Missouri. He was killed in a plane crash while campaigning the final weeks of the election. They put his wife, Jean Carnahan, on the ballot in his place. All the votes that had been cast for him early by absentee went to her. Uh, Most states have that. I think there's one or two that, that used to not, but now because of the presidential races and the like being nationalized, um, it, most states generally do that. All right. I'm going to switch gears because I, I can't actually wait to get to this story, and I'm not going to record it because I don't want Philip to push out the story because I've got a great way to talk about the story, and I get to embarrass my father-in-law a little bit, although he's not going to be embarrassed by this. He claims he doesn't remember this and that I should be the one embarrassed by it okay <coughs> excuse me um, when I was dating my wife, I need y'all to understand that my father-in-law is an imposing figure. He is a wonderful wonderful man. love him to death. Uh, I am very blessed I y'all I genuinely love to spend time with my in-laws. Uh, in fact, we're going to the beach uh, for spring break taking my in-laws with us. I, I love my in-laws. Uh, they are just, the, the, I have been so blessed uh, to marry into my wife's family. But when I was dating my wife, my, my father-in-law is an engineerd from Georgia Tech. And he has this shop in his basement and everything is hung up just so y'all know the types. Everything's hung up just so there's, he's got a part for everything. He's got a tool for everything. It's just, I am not like that. Um, he's, he's organized and, and well, he tells me he needs me to come to his basement wood shop with him. And he turns on the lights. And there are the saws and the axes, and there are the screwdrivers. There are the hammers. There are the nails. And he looks at me, and he says, it's all about the sex, isn't it? Y'all, I was 21 years old, and I had no idea. No, no, I was 25. I had no idea what to say. And I looked at him and dead seriously said, Mr. Arnold, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, it's about the sex. I said, sir, he says, you're, you're not a dumb boy. You're in law school. You know, and I know, it's about the sex. I can feel my heart racing. Feel my face getting a little flush. I feel my face. I'm 48 years old now, and I still feel my heart racing and getting my face flushed just thinking about this. <laughs> Start started a <lot. laughs> like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) He he holds this bag out to me. He says, it's about the sex. The Japanese beetles, they smell the pheromones and they fly into the trap and they die. We got to go hang these Japanese beetle traps out outside. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, that is a perfect segue telling you that story. I mortify myself, y'all. I like I'm not even filming this for camera for Phillips use because I can already feel I'm I'm beat red just recounting the story, but it is the perfect way to recount the story to you with the latest update on Fawny Willis and Nathan Wade because it turns out well before they claimed they were dating, well before they claimed they were dating. Uh, Nathan Wade's cell phone via cell towers track him going to her where she lived, her neighborhood late at night. My buddy Phil Holloway has this up. Cell data seems to contradict Wade's testimony in which he said he visited Willis at her condo in Hapeville no more than 10 times before he was hired In November 2021, in fact, the cell data appears to show that he was showing up in her neighborhood around uh, midnight. No, 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 no. On September 11th, 2021, Mr. Wade's phone left the Doraville area and arrived within the geofenced located... Uh, at the address of the district attorney at 10.45 p.m. and did not leave until 3.28 a.m., at which time the phone traveled directly to towers located in East Cobb consistent with his routine pinging at his residence in that area. The phone arrives in East Cobb at approximately 4.05 a.m., and records demonstrate he sent a text at 4 20 a.m. to Ms. Willis. So it's like the Japanese Beatles, isn't it? Smell the pheromones and you fly into the trap because you think you're gonna have sex. Yo, this is this is from a court filing now, the and an affidavit from Charles Middlestadt. Uh, Charles Middlestadt is 59 years old, a criminal defense investigator working in support of the defense of Donald Trump in conjunction with counsel on record for Michael Roman. On or about February 9th, 2024, I personally served a request for records upon AT&T's subpoena compliance center. The requested documents included voice call, text history, as well as specialized location data for the phone number of Nathan Wade, which I will not give you over air. Let me read to you this. this. This is from a special investigator who is familiar with analyzing phone records and cell phone data. And this is what he provides in an affidavit to the court. The conservative analysis using the above reference modality revealed a minimum of 35 occasions when Mr. Wade's phone connected for an extended period of time to either one of the towers in closest proximity to Fawny Willis' address based upon associated data use, voice calls, or text messages. The data reveals he is stationary and not transit. A deeper analysis of the data would reveal additional details such as where his travel began or ended. For purposes of my analysis, I determined... That his residence is located in East Cobb and was able to review the records, which demonstrate his phone pinging off the associated towers near his residence for consistent periods. Because of the limitations in analyzing the sheer volume of data and preparing the report, I was directed to conduct a deeper analysis on two specific dates, September 11th and 12th of 2021, before I understand Mr. Wade was hired, and November 29th and 30th, 2021, prior to which I understand was the in-court testimony that the relationship began in 2022. Specifically on September 11th, 2021, Mr. Wade's phone left the Doraville area and arrived within the geofenced location of Fawney Willis's address at 1045 p.m. The phone remained there until 3.28 a.m. on September 12th at which time the phone traveled directly to towers located in East Cobb, consistent with his routine pinging. The phone arrived in East Cobb at 4.05 a.m. Records demonstrated a text to Ms. Willis at 4.20 a.m. On November 29, 2021, his phone was pinging on the East Cobb Towers near his residence and following a call from Ms. Willis at 11.32 p.m. The call continued. His phone left East Cobb just after midnight and arrived within the area of her address at 12.43 a.m., and the phone remained there until 4.55 a.m. Maybe on September 11th, he was just consoling her on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I, I don't know. But it seems pretty clear that before the relationship began, Nathan Wade was showing up at Fawny Willis's neighborhood uh, around midnight and stayed until sunrise, roughly. Um like the Japanese beetles my father-in-law wanted me to catch. Maybe it was the pheromones he was flying into the trap thinking something was going to happen. Well, they've entrapped themselves in a web of lies, it seems. Now, I need to return to the Christian nationalism nonsense because, you know, uh, a great resource to actually understand the historic founding and meaning of our founding documents is Hillsdale College, where they can actually educate you on the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence. They can give you a free copy of both. All you have to do is go to ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com. You fill out the address, or you fill out your address, they'll send you a free pocket Constitution with Declaration of Independence. Not only that, but then you can hear their Constitution minutes they run during the ad segments on this this, uh, program. You can share them with your friends. They're deeply educational about the Constitution and the founding. And then you can develop a relationship with Hillsdale. They're stewards of our constitutional way of life. They want to teach you to appreciate the founding and the Constitution because it means so much to us and to our future. So you go to ericforhillsdale.com, fill out the address, get your free pocket Constitution and your Declaration of Independence, and start listening to the Constitution Minutes, share them with your friends, and then develop a relationship with Hillsdale. They've got some great free classes you can take about the Constitution, C.S. Lewis, and so much more. Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise for your business, they don't help individuals, they help businesses, uh, you should reach out to um, First Liberty because they make their own decisions. They've been around since the 90s. They're going to keep being around. So you develop a long-term relationship with them, First Liberty Building and Loan. It's FirstLibertyGA.com, FirstLibertyGA.com. I, I, I have the quote, and, and it's, uh, it's Arthur Leff. I said it was Tim Keller, but Keller was citing Arthur Leff. Let, let me read you this. He quotes Arthur Leff, a, an ethicist. When would it be impermissible to make the formal intellectual equivalent of what is known in bar rooms and schoolyards as the great says who? In the absence of God, each ethical and legal system will be differentiated by the answer it chooses to give to one key question. Who among us ought to be able to declare law that ought to be obeyed? Stated that boldly, the answer, the question is so intellectually unsettling that one would expect to find a noticeable number of legal and ethical thinkers trying not to come to grips with it. Either God exists or he does not, but if he does not, nothing and no one else can take his place. If, now this is Keller writing. If there is no God, then there is no way to say any one action is moral and another immoral, but only I like this. If that is the case, who gets the right to put their subjective, arbitrary, moral feelings into law? You may say the majority has the right to make the law, but do you mean then that the majority has the right to vote to exterminate a minority? If you say no, that's wrong, then you're back to square one. Who says that the majority has a moral obligation not to kill the minority? Why should your moral convictions be obligatory for those in opposition? Why should your view prevail over the will of the majority? The fact is, says Arthur Leff, if there is no God, then all moral statements are arbitrary, all moral valuations are subjective and internal, and there can be no external moral standard by which a person's feelings and values are judged. Yet Leff ends the intellectual essay in a most shocking way. As things are now, everything is up for grabs. Nevertheless, Napalming babies is bad. Starving the poor is wicked. Buying and selling each other is depraved. There is no, there is such a thing as evil altogether. Now, says who? God help us. Uh, Keller decidedly not a Christian nationalist, and yet says this. Um, maybe the Politico needs to like go touch some grass and live in the real world a little bit and experience some actual people of faith in this country. My goodness.